0: Hello, hello. All right, all right, all right. Okay, if you had if you had a bet on whether the first words out of my mouth were going to be all right, you just won. Um, should I stand here or should I stand up there? What are we, do we decide on anything? I'm going to stand here. Everyone can see me? Everyone can see my lovely smile, my face? Perfect. Okay, welcome to the second Friday Night fellowship of the Year. Go ahead and pat yourself on the back for coming to the best place to be on a Friday night. Go, go, go. Yeah, and I don't mean that in a stereotypical youth group way of saying, like, way to come here instead of, like, going to get drunk at some party or, you know, because now it's time to be safe within these walls from the temptations of the world. uh, No, I really do mean, like, this is the best place to be because it is fun, fun. is a place to grow this is a place full of life. Um, I came to this school myself as an itty bitty freshman in 2011 and my roommate invited me to come to FNF on the first week of school and I went and I had an okay experience. I'll, I'll be honest it was okay. I remember thinking like this is a very large crowd, and the production value is, you know, not quite to the level of how many people are here. Um, so I was a little confused, but that confusion should have tipped me off to something: that all those people were not coming for the production value. They weren't coming because, you know, the music was amazing, and there there were fog machines going on and lights. You know, they were coming because they experienced God's love in this community. Right? And that's what I got to experience as well. I came back the next week because my roommate invited me again. Uh, I probably wouldn't have if he didn't invite me, but he did. And so I came, I made friends, I got invited to join a corps, um, and I think I've got a picture of freshman me with some guys in my core. Wow. I'm the guy in the middle. if You can't tell. <laughs> that's, that's a joke. <laughs> I'm obviously the one on the left. But yeah, like that's you know that's 11 years ago, and I still talk to some of them to this day. Um, I actually just got to hang out with the guy next to me this summer and got to see his baby, his newborn baby Zacchaeus, very cute, very yeah, cute. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, being a part of this community changed my life. You know, the people in this community invited me to encounter God in a deeper way. They encouraged me to follow a God who offered a life fuller than the one I had dreamed for myself. I was intent to go off and make millions as a lawyer, and instead, I get to be here on a Friday night with you guys. And I believe I made the right choice. God works through his people, and he always has. And I can tell you that God is working through many of the people sitting next to you here tonight. So I see it year after year as people dedicate their lives to honoring others above themselves, seeking to serve the needs of others, and learning to live lives that bring life and light to those trapped in darkness. So that's where you find yourself tonight on a Friday night, the best place to be. With people who love you, love you enough to invite you to a relationship, or a deeper relationship with the only one who can give life, who's God. So last week, if you were here, Brandon talked about not missing the invitation, right? He said, don't miss the invitation. Say yes to things. Don't miss out on opportunities where God is working. And this week, we're going to connect to it and kick off our Come and See series. Because, you know, we got to start with the theme, right? Our Come and See series. So tonight, I'm going to tell you to come and see who God has included. All right, that's both the title and the first point. Come and see who God has included. And when I say that, I don't mean come to focus and see who shows up. Right, it's not come come and see, focus. Like look at this. This is God. No, I, I mean come and see and look at God's word. Right, dive into His word. Come and see who He included when He walked this earth. Right, come and see that. Um, you know, if you could take that picture off, I'm like I'm fine with that picture, but it's also really weird to just see my my face constantly, <laughs> uh, my eighteen year old face, man. <laughs> So, when I was in fourth or fifth grade, uh, I got invited to my first white birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> I had only ever been to Asian birthday parties before this, and so I remember distinctly. I, w- I was in class, and at the end of the day, you know, you got these like little like cubby holes where te- the teachers would like put like, any like worksheets or homework stuff for you to take home, right? And then. Occasionally, if your friends had too much time on their hands, that day they might write you a note. Um, that may be sweet or may just be joking and teasing you.
1: Um, so I went.
0: All right, so the day's over. I go, I get my worksheets, and there's this little envelope in there. And I open it, and it was an invite to uh, a birthday party. This guy, Michael Byrne, I still remember him. Um, but we you know, we were friends-ish in the sense that you're like friends with all the kids in elementary school, right, in your class. You're literally spending seven, eight hours with them a day, right? So, so we, were, we were friends, um, but I was still very surprised to get this invite, And I was really excited to go. So I remember going, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, I'd never been in a white person's home before. It was the first time, and so I remember going to. He invited me to his room and showing me all of his Bionicle figures, which was amazing. Like that was that was when it was like just coming out, and so I mean he had like all of them, and there was like in his in his dining room there was this whole glass display case of like the Lego Millennium Falcon and other stuff like that, and so it was unlike any other house I'd ever seen, and I loved it. I felt included when I thought I would have been, you know, naturally excluded from this birthday party. But he'd invited me. So let me ask you a question. Who is included in your birthday parties? Who have you invited to your birthday parties? So in 2016, a grandma texted her grandson. This is what she said, she said, Thanksgiving dinner is at my house on November 24th at 3 p.m. Let me know if you're coming. Hope to see you all. Of course, that includes Amanda and Justin. You can tell this is like an older person texting because it's got all the punctuation, right? <laughs> if, if, if any of you sent me to this, I'd be like, are you mad at me? Like, there's a lot of periods in here. And then her grandson texts back. Who is, who's the, who's those? You, I mean, he means who's this, obviously. But, or who are those people? One or the other. And then she texts back, your grandma. <laughs> what a grandma emoji. That's next level. <laughs> and he texts back, grandma, can I have a picture? What? Of who? <laughs> you. You, lol. So, this is what she texts back. I'm here, here I'm at work. Here I'm at work. I guess technically that's correct. Here I'm at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't sound right. You <laughs> wouldn't use the contraction. But technically, I guess it is. So, and then he texts back. You know. <laughs> so they finish this conversation with his next. He says, Can I still get a plate now? <laughs> She says, of course you can. That's what grandmas do. Feed everyone. With the cake emoji. She, her, her emoji game is pretty strong. So this is in 2016. So for, for the past six years Wanda Dench and Jamal Hinton have had Thanksgiving together as a family every year. They've struck up a friendship. They say they, they speak about once a week. I'm like, dude, I don't even talk about parents once a week. But. but You know, you wouldn't expect this black man and this white woman to have family Thanksgiving together every year, right? So let me ask you another question. Who's included in your Thanksgiving dinners? Who do you invite to your Thanksgiving dinners? So I've got one more story for you. I read that one year, Bill Gates was putting on this big Christmas party. That none of his billionaire friends showed up. To I think you know one 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 of his friends, hit that his company had just acquired another company, and so he had he had to be present for that acquisition.
1: And another guy
0: had just bought a multi-million dollar yacht, and he was sailing around the world. And the other guy had just gotten married. So you know, for all these excuses, all these reasons, like his friends didn't show up. So he had this whole party set up and no one to be a part of it. So he had his secretary go out into the streets of Seattle and bring back all the homeless people, the smelly crazy people, the buskers playing instruments on the side of the road, um, all the beggars in the streets. He invited them to that, them to that birthday, uh, not the Christmas party. And then they went to all the shelters and invited everyone there, all those mentally ill, the amputees at the VA. And when all those people came, there was still room for more people at this party. So we told the secretary to go out again and invite just anyone and everyone off the streets. People walking home, tourists, commuters, anyone could come and join the party. A whole bunch of misfits surprisingly included in this rich man's Christmas party. So one more question. Who's included in your Christmases? Who do you invite to your Christmases? So, that last one didn't happen. <laughs> that one was fake. <laughs> but I got some of you, right? Um, no, it's just, you know, my, uh, my modern reinterpretation of one of Jesus' parables. So Caroline read us, you know, that what came comes before this parable in Luke fourteen, right? So it's, it said Jesus was invited to the house of this prominent Pharisee, right? So this is one of the religious leaders of the town, well-respected man. Think like a mayor, right? That's that's kind of like his position. So the mayor is pretty important. And he said, basically by inviting Jesus, he says, Jesus, you're probably a pretty important guy, too. Like, it'll look cool if you're here, right? Jesus is is a celebrity. So, think the mayor inviting, I don't know, like, Post Malone to to, to a dinner party, right? He's like, you'll you'll up my status if you come to my dinner party. Um, And the mayor's like, all right, but there's... You know there there are a couple rules. There are a couple of rules that govern our town. One of them is we don't work on Saturday. Jesus, you know this. We know this. That's a rule. We don't work on Saturday. It's a Saturday dinner. We we prepared everything before Saturday. That's great. And Jesus, is like, oh really? Well, you know, there's this dude who has this sickness. He's right here. Can I heal this dude even though it's a Saturday? And he says this to everybody. Everybody there hears this. And everyone's thinking, no, you can't. <laughs> you can't work home on Saturday, man. But they don't say anything because, you know, he's a celebrity, right? He's like, oh, know. no one's going to say anything. So Jesus just does. It. He heals this guy. It's, it says he takes him, he heals him, and he sends him on his way. And I was like, what did he just do? Like, that is not allowed. And then Jesus says, Bros, if your kid fell in a well, like a really deep, deep hole, would you be like, sorry man, it's Saturday. I'll come get you tomorrow. Or wouldn't you immediately pull him out of that hole, right? And not just your kid. He includes your kid or your cow. If your cow fell in a hole, you would get it. And again, silence. Right? They're like, it's a good point, but still can't do that on Saturday, man. Like. But you know, they, they move on. It's a little awkward, but we move on. And then they're picking seats of honor, right? Where, where am I going to sit? The closer I am to this prominent Pharisee, the more important I appear. Right? And so Jesus sees this, and he's like, guys, don't be so particular about your social standing. Don't, be, don't stress so much about your reputation. Don't be so worried about what other people see or think about you. Why don't you pick a lower seat and let the host elevate you rather than potentially being embarrassed in front of everybody by picking a higher seat and him saying, hey, like actually the seat's reserved for my friend, can you go down the line? Right? That's embarrassing. Be humble and let someone else elevate you. Silence. I mean, these people just don't know what to say. Jesus is, is, is offending people all over the place, and they're like, oh, "What? You invited this guy?" <laughs> so everyone's real awkward. I mean, he's just, this guy's just break, Jesus, is just breaking all the rules, and I'm sure the host feels pretty good. He's like, "Yeah, like you guys, like stop." Stop trying to fight for position, man. Just let, let me, let me pick your seats. Let me, let me do it. Like. And then Jesus is like, nah, man, I got so words for you too. He looks at the host and says, they're all worried about social standing, and so are you. You're also worried about your reputation. Because you only invite people who are on the same level as you. People who will make you look good. People who, if they come to your dinner party, you'll be like, yeah. That's the dinner party to be at. But if you really didn't care about social standing, if you were really humble, you would invite all those people who are in a lower socioeconomic status than you, like the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, right? This is what we read during the service before. This is the context. Everyone's offended, everyone's quiet. And I like to imagine the next line it's coming from someone who's, like, so uncomfortable with what's happening, he just shouts out, like, the first thing he can think of. And he says, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. <laughs> and I don't know if I would be annoyed or grateful for this guy. I'm like, like, would I be annoyed? I'm like, dude, what does this add to the conversation at all? Like, what? Or... Would I be grateful? Like, dude, at least someone said something. I was not, you know, like, being in awkward silence, I'd just be like putting food in my mouth, be like, "All right." It's food. I, I, I would say something, but but I can't. I'm eating. Like, but you know, this guy says this thing, and then Jesus, he keeps going. Jesus replies to that, right? So it says, "Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God." Jesus replies. So this is starting in verse 16. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. I've just acquired a new company. I've got to go see it. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. That's 10. Imagine how big, how rich this guy is to have to buy 10 calves, all right? And I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame." Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. And the master told the servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. So who's invited to God's house? Anyone anyone got an answer? Who's invited to God's house? Everybody. 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 You guys got the, right, you got, got the right answer. Everybody was invited to the banquet, right? Rich and poor, but some people said no. right? Everybody was invited, but some people said no. You would think that his rich friends would have been the easy yeses, right? They probably know the host, and to refuse an invitation in that honor-shame culture of the ancient Aries, right, to refuse an invitation is pretty offensive. You better have a really good reason not to go. And you better let that part, the host know as soon as you know you can't make it. But instead, these people give him a last minute excuse. So everyone was invited, but who was actually included? It was the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, right? These four categories that Jesus had just told the Pharisee, this is what you should do when you're people. These four types of people, and then also go out to the roads and country lanes, the people who don't even live in this town. Go get them too. So these are the ones who are included because they responded to the invitation. This is an awkward dinner party, right? Jesus has just told them to include more people. And he says, this is what God is like. Jesus has essentially told them, come and see who God has included, because it's probably not who you think. This This random guy who, honestly, I think I would be grateful. I'm a pretty quiet guy, so if someone says something, I'm like, thank God somebody said something. (laughs) But this guy was like, it's great to be included by God. And Jesus' response, you may not expect who is actually included by God. So come and see who God has included. Who do you think is included? Or maybe the better question is, who do you think is excluded? Is it maybe people who curse a lot? The ones who, you know, if they showed up in a church, people would give them the side eye, maybe they don't dress right, or talk right, or act right. Maybe it's the socially awkward or unfriendly. Or the popular and seemingly vain. Who do you think is excluded from God's dinner party. But God didn't seem to be very particular with his invites. In fact, he seems pretty reckless with them, right? Anyone and everyone. But as far as who who gets included, it's up to them to respond to that invite. So I guess I have to ask myself the question, am I that reckless with my invites? Because in order to include, you have to first invite. Because we exclude everyone that we don't invite. Right? We exclude everyone that we don't invite. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Michael Scott, Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> right? We exclude everyone we don't invite. And if you're, if you're a Christian, you may assume that when I say invite, I mean, oh, evangelize. <laughs> and yes, that is one type of invitation. But that's a very narrow understanding of invitation. It's a very narrow invite. Because when I think evangelism, I just think, all right, yeah, like I'll invite you to come to F and F or to church on Sunday morning or to youth group or or small group or something. I mean, none of that's bad. It's just it's narrow. Invitation, right? Inviting people. It stands from church to birthday parties, holidays to trips for just a hangout, to grab coffee. You can invite people to study the Bible with you, or to run and do errands together, to eat together, anything that is inviting someone to be a part of your life, right? Opening up a part of your life to someone else, because this dinner party wasn't just you know, an arm's-length kind of, kind of event. This is, I'm inviting you into my house. I'm inviting you into my sanctuary, essentially. And so God seemed pretty reckless with his invites. And if they respond positively to that invitation, then they have opted in to be included. But they can't be included if they're never invited, right? We exclude everyone that we don't invite. So am I reckless with my invites and therefore reckless with who I include in my life. Because that feeling of expecting to be excluded and then suddenly being included, that's a powerful powerful feeling. You know, recently I heard of one of our colleagues having a birthday party and I thought it was so sweet that he had invited the guys that he had just met earlier that week during Welcome Week, right? That's reckless with invites. My birthday party isn't exclusive to just my closest friends. It's also for my newest friends. You know, um, earlier on I asked you guys um, two two questions, right? Who's included in your Thanksgivings and Christmases? Um, So I've lived in Texas for 11 years. Um, I came here just for college. Uh, but my family lives in California, so every year I had to find a family to take me in for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and for a while, for a while, for a couple of years there, uh, we also couldn't, uh, my brother's job wouldn't allow him to take time off around Christmas, and so we would, for Christmas and Thanksgiving, we would have to wander the streets hoping for a family to take us in. Uh, not, not literally, oh. you know, <laughs>
1: We're not, like, going
0: around with like, <laughs> sackcloth and ashes, like, taking video on <laughs> us. Uh, but, yeah, we would, we would, you know, hope for a family to take us in. And we have never been left out to dry. Every Thanksgiving, while I, while I was in college, a different roommate would bring me to their home. And, you know, it was, it was really sweet, because I just got married a few months ago, and all of their families sent me and my wife a wedding gift that was what it meant to be included they included me you know I've spent since then I've spent Thanksgivings with Brandon's family um, with Sarah Glenesque's family I mean we went to Am- Amarillo um, which i would never been there that was, that was an experience but, um, <laughs> but yeah Thanksgiving I mean her dad literally invited us to go on a ski trip that she wasn't going. on. Right? She was like, "I can't go on the ski trip." And he turns to me and my brother, "Is like, do you guys want to come?" I'm like, "Ah, uh, it's okay, it's okay." But he included us in that. You know, I've spent Christmases with Mandy's family, um, Mandy's family, uh, and 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 Sarah's husband, Lawrence. I we spent time with his family and had a British a British Christmas that year, a, a couple of years actually. Um, And those those times, those holidays, it can be so easy to not invite because we have this idea of, like, it's exclusive family time, right? Some of our families um, can be like that. Um, And so it's not always, I, I recognize it's not always easy to invite people during those times. But me and my brother have never been found wanting. But there are probably so many people on campus that no one thought to invite right? They didn't have a friend to include them. International students, right, they often don't have a place to go during the holidays. And they may not have an American friend who has a family to to bring them to. You know, at a time when people can be anxious about being excluded because they have no home to go to, are we the people who invite and include? Right? Because we exclude everyone And we do this because this is Jesus. This is the God we serve, right? This is the story he's told us. A God who invites so many more people than we would think to invite. Come and see who God has included. But Jesus doesn't stop there, right, in the parable. He says, you know, when the party doesn't fill up, the host tells his servant to go even farther and get everyone to come. And compel them to come. Compel. Right. Is this like a, is this like a mandatory thing, right? That, that, that's what we ask in, in class. Is this mandatory or, or not? Are you strongly suggesting this? or are you forcing us to do this? Um, and then again, we have to just look at that cultural context, right? This is, this is an ancient Near East culture, right? It's an honor shame culture. So it's a lot more similar to Eastern cultures like, like in Asia. So social hierarchy was everything. You had to know where you stood in relation to someone to understand how to act, what to say, what's polite and impolite. And so what, what do you think happens when the servant of someone of extremely high standing comes to you? Someone who can't afford to live in the city or live in that kind of protection, or maybe you don't even have the social standing to be allowed in the city. And this guy, this guy comes and invites you to a party. First off, you say, you're joking. Like, this is a joke. And then the servant says, no, it's not a joke, all right? And then you're like, dude, there's no way I'm going to that party. Like, I don't belong in a fancy place like that. And the servant says, no, please, my master wants you to come. And you're like, bro, like, for your master's sake, I'm not going to come because there's no way he would want to be caught dead with me at a party. Like, why would he invite me when I can barely rub two cents together? Why would he invite me into his house? And the servant compels you. He compels you to believe that this invitation is real. And that the master really does want you at this party, whether you feel like you belong or not. I know you think you should naturally be excluded. You've been excluded from this entire city. But believe me when I say that you are included here. So that next question I need to ask myself is, am I that insistent with my invites? There are all these reasons why someone might reject an invitation. And they're not all personal. They may be thinking about you and just like, dude, I don't know if you really want me there. I don't know, you know, you might just be doing this because it's polite. But I can so quickly and so easily judge who should be included and who should be excluded. I remember last year, Rhett gave me the number of an Indian international student. And he was Hindu, but he had expressed interest in being a part of a corps. So I invited him to corps, and I wasn't confident he'd show up. But he did, which is, that's great. But I wasn't confident that he'd show up again. But he did. And again, and he did, week after week. I mean, I think he may have just missed like two or three cores all year. And he kept coming back. And I, I mean, I asked him if he was interested in studying the Bible with me, but he said he wasn't. And so later, when we had become good friends at this point and we knew more about each other, I asked him out of curiosity, like, okay, so you don't want to study the Bible, like, why do you keep coming to core if you're not looking to follow Jesus? You know, we talk about Jesus every core. You know, we talk about these things that you, you didn't grow up with. You, didn't, you don't really understand um, unless, like, we explain it some more. And he said, he told me that he kept coming back because, he said, I feel included in this group. and I don't know what God has in the future for him. But I could tell that feeling of inclusion is powerful. Come and see who God has included. Right? That is the first point. And my second point is, and then, go, go, and then go and do likewise. Right? Once you've seen who God has included, go and do likewise. Right? Include those people. Be reckless with invites, be insistent with invites, and then see who responds. Right? But Jesus doesn't just say these things. He he doesn't just sit, you know, he's like, all right, here's some controversy in this dinner party. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) He puts his money where his mouth is, right? This is how he lives his life. And so I want us to pull up the video clip of Jesus calling one of his disciples (laughs) to follow him. Yeah, this is Jesus calling one of his disciples to follow him. Poor old Matthew. Excellent. So, what else are you going to do with a mind like yours? Matthew.
1: Matthew, son of Athos.
0: Keep moving, street creature. Get have any idea what this guy's done? You know? Yes? Listen, I said it! What are you doing? What do you think you're doing, guys? Let me go. You lost your mind. You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew is as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. If you didn't get it, then I chose you right now. This is different. I'm not a text connector. Can you speak? We passed by your booth today, Matthew. Charlie, yes. we? we? have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? Grab the tablet. And put it back. No, I'll keep it. May yet find useful. Where are we going? In party. I'm not welcome in the party. But well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. So, yeah, so that's Jesus putting his money where his mouth is, right? He included people. You know, this the story's from Matthew 9. So as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. You know, as tax collectors, these people were considered traitors to their own people, right? You saw Jesus' uh, Jesus's other disciples saying, like, this is a different, like, he's a tax collector. It's different from me. It's like, how's this, you know? They served the enemy, right? They had more money, more power, more privilege than all of their ethnic brothers and sisters. Because they served the people who oppressed them. They could lie and cheat to line their own pockets. Because who was going to defend these second-class citizens? Who was going to defend these Jews when you had the power of Rome behind you? And even if you didn't lie or cheat, you were still serving Rome. That's Matthew. So of course, he would be excluded by his own people because of what he chose to do as. But Jesus extended an invitation, follow me. Matthew made the choice to be included. He gave up what made him isolated, lonely, and excluded, even though it made him rich and powerful and protected. Mm -hmm. So do you hear Jesus' invitation there? to give up what makes you isolated, lonely, and excluded, even if it makes you powerful, protected, rich. After that, it says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. What a surprise that was to people, right? When God shows up, who he invited to dinner was a surprise so much that they literally asked out loud, why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? Like, those, are, those are like judge, judgy thoughts that you're supposed to keep inside your head. But they were so surprised, so weirded out, they said it out loud, right? And maybe God is still full of surprises today. Right? Come and see who God has included. Come and see and learn what it means that he desires mercy and not sacrifice, right? not good deeds or following the rules he desires mercy he wants to include more people right? not just the people who offer up sacrifices come and see who god has included and then go and do likewise go and do likewise so who are we saying no for who are we excluding from our lives who could we invite and include because we exclude everyone we do And inviting to Focus is great, right? I mean, I do believe that people experience experience God in this community, but I'm not looking to make Focus great or make a big name for us. I don't care. None of us care one bit about Focus's name or numbers. What we care about is that you feel included in this community, that you experience God's love here and that you know that you belong. That you were invited and included here. And then you think, who else needs to hear that? Come and see who God has included and then go and do likewise. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up and then I'll pray. God, I thank you so much for all that you have done for us. The ways that you have included each and every one of us. That we continue to respond to your invitation. that That we humble ourselves and allow you to that we love others as you have loved us. That we're reckless with our invitations. That we don't say people's no for them. That we don't exclude people just because they may be different than us. That they may look like they have no interest in you because God, you are amazing. You are beautiful. and You do great works in our hearts that we may not even see. So I pray that we are reckless with our invites. That we are insistent in our invites. That we open up our hearts and our lives to more more people can reach deeper and deeper friendship with you as you would lead us we build everything that we do on your foundation and your example we love you so much just and pray amen, amen. amen. Thank you. God. <laughs>